Hello everybody and welcome to Audio Architects. Today I'm going to be starting my brand new web series, Hi-Fi Hour, where I'm going to take time one-on-one -on -one and talk to somebody in the industry, whether it's a fellow YouTuber or an industry professional or an owner of a company, whatever it may be, I'm excited to share all this information and all these conversations I'm having with all of you. However, today I'm going to be talking with Barrett from Spec of Tech. He is a newer channel and I'm excited to kind of talk to him because I have a newer channel. So it's going to be kind of a fun conversation I'm imagining of him and I kind of geeking out and learning more about our trials and tribulations in the YouTube world. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget, if you enjoy the content, like the video, subscribe to the channel and ring the bell to get notified every time I put out new content. Thank you. Have a great day and check this out. What's up, guys? Welcome to Hi-Fi Hour. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to my buddy Barrett from Spec of Tech on YouTube. What's going on, Barrett? Uh, not too much. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. No problem. I'm just glad we're on the same time zone, So, but we're just yeah. north and south, I guess. <laughs> You're probably a little bit warmer than me, I'd guess. I think we're at like 30 degrees right now in Colorado. Oh, I wish. What are you guys at? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I haven't even looked for today. Yeah, the other day we were plus three, so that's not too bad. But that's what? Celsius, so plus three. Cel okay, Celsius. That's still free. Zero is freezing in Celsius, though, right? Uh, well, yeah, zero is freezing in Celsius. Actually, we're plus twelve today, so I guess I can't complain. I'll take that back. We're doing all right. All right. And you and you are in uh, what parts of Canada? Calgary, Alberta. Calgary, Alberta. Awesome. So you're yeah. definitely a hockey fan, right? You have to be. I like hockey, yeah. yeah. Canadian, gotta I'm be. Canadian, right? I have to like hockey. You gotta like <laughs> I hockey. watch it. You gotta like professional wrestling. Two things you gotta like as a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch UFC, but I'll take professional wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, what's been going on, man? So, uh, just to give everybody a little breakdown, uh, Spec of Tech and I both have YouTube channels, and we're both in similar path, paths right now in our YouTube channels. So, I wanted to bring him in, talk to him, kind of get to know him a little bit better. Because uh, I, I think he's cool. I think his content's rad. I, I love his home theater. Thanks, his home theater setup is awesome. So um, tell me how you got started with everything. Like what made you say, hey, I want to do uh, an amazing home theater and then put it all on the internet? <laughs> uh, well, that's, a, I guess, a long story. I mean, I started when I was 16. I just kind of liked audio, had like this crazy system in my room, three feet from my face. I had these massive 12-inch uh, woofers on my speakers. There's a Kenwood system. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then uh, I just always have been into audio. So when I got our own house and had our own place, I saw this room in this house and I was like, that's my room and uh, I'm going to have some fun with it. So it actually is the family room. So, I mean, the kids had a little uh, game station down here at one point. Uh, so I only take up about half of it, but yeah, I just kind of started with, uh, I think it was a Fluence system, actually Fluence Canadian brand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're all right. They're good. But I wanted more. So then, you know, you just keep stepping up and stepping up. You, kind of the natural progression. You kind of go to Polk and then you go to Klipsch and then you move on from there. And then Subwoofer is kind of the same thing. You kind of started with Polk and then moved to Klipsch and then SVS and then PSA. And now I got some ridiculous Funk Audio and Hard Bottle Audio 24-inch subs. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just having fun with it, enjoying the journey, especially. Like, that's kind of my thing. I just kind of want to... I want to follow that progression, right? I don't want to get to end game too soon. I'm just having fun. So, 
So when did, you, when did you start your YouTube channel? Uh, actually, I started this year, and it was just kind of the, one of those things. I always kind of wanted a YouTube channel. I wasn't, you know, didn't want to have like this big thing or, you know, start some crazy, uh, you know, massive channel or anything. I just kind of wanted to have fun with it. And uh, yeah, I just decided to start doing it on home theater because it's kind of a passion of mine. Audio is a passion of mine. So I just started putting videos up and trying to get better and better at it. And I mean, it's a tough gig, especially when you're working full time. I'm sure you know all too well. Long oh, yeah. hours editing and up till 6 a.m. editing, going to sleep and waking up 10 a.m. and doing it all over again. But yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been great. Just having fun. Well, what's cool is that it's because my my story is similar to yours. Um, even though I do more two channel stuff, eventually I might get into the home theater stuff once I have the space for it. However, um, yeah, I started six months ago, six seven months ago. Uh, as you know, I recently just hit my my thousand uh, subscriber mark, which That's I thought, congrats. man, I was like, I felt like I just ran a marathon, you know, all that time, all that. And, and what's funny is that people don't understand to actually get monetized. It, it's more frustrating than getting to the thousand subscribers. So it, it's it's been quite the the uphill battle with YouTube and Google, especially in the times we're in, because there's no, you know, Google support right now for certain things that you know pertain to that so it, it you know it's it's been an uphill battle but as you describe you know it's long hours you know especially when you work a day job um and you know but it's a labor of love so it's one of those things where it's like a, a mega hobby that we're possibly going to monetize which is rad you know getting paid for what you love to do so it's kind of a win-win i think oh yeah it's it's mega you nailed it on the head there with the marathon it's not a sprint mm -hmm. you're not going to get there quickly i mean the first thousand does feel like it takes forever and it i'd say it is the hardest because after i hit a thousand the subscriber count just started growing a lot faster and i think you've experienced that as well you're just yeah. over 1100 now right yeah and it, it was it's only been a week and i'm like whoa right, yeah. like, what happened here you know so it, it's it's kind of like the psychology of it all right with people seeing okay, now you have these thousand subscribers. It's like they're more willing to subscribe now. It, it, like it gives you more value and it validates you a little bit, you know? So yeah. I, I think it's cool. And you're almost at two 2,000, I believe, right? I uh, just broke 2,000, yeah. Oh. I'm, I think 2,040-ish, something like that. Congratulations, man. That's Thank awesome. You. So our next milestone is, is obviously 10,000. Um, and if, if anybody's watching, um, definitely subscribe to Spec of Tech. And if you're watching, you're probably more than likely subscribed to Audio Architects. But, um, yeah, it, it, it helps us out. You know, I mean, our next milestone would be 10,000. And then after that, it's 100,000. Uh, I think 100,000 is cool because I really want that plaque. That's, that's what yeah. I want. I want that plaque from YouTube. Just so you can put it up behind you. Yeah, put Absolutely. it in your in the view of the camera. So uh, I kind of wanted to chit-chat about um, the progression of your system. So obviously you start you said you mentioned you started a certain way and then you had to upgrade and then you upgraded and then you upgraded so what have you ended up with at this point and do you have plans to upgrade even further <laughs> i don't think i'm ever going to be done unfortunately for my pocketbook but uh <laughs> yeah so at this point you know i'm running the sbs system i'm actually still waiting on my ultra surrounds uh they were out of gloss black and it's been back ordered for a while but uh, so I have the SVS Ultra fronts, and then I got the SVS Pinnacles behind me, and the Harbottle um, C24 is behind my seat, actually, about, well, it's right here, I can touch it, mm -hmm. but it's foot and a half behind my seat, and then I got the Funk Audio 
Maybe I can turn. Maybe you can see it over there. I love your RGB, by the way. Uh, in all in all the videos you do, you have like the most amazing, like thumbnails and RGB lighting in your in your space. So that's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's those those little lights are one of the best investments I made for my channel. I feel because it it adds a little bit, you know, visual excitement to the to the pictures and and to the video. And they're like twenty bucks each or something. I have two of them. Any color you want, right? It's it's actually a really great investment. Um, helped, so are, are you, a lot with my thumbs. Are, are you doing projector or are you doing TV still? I'm still doing a TV. And I kind of went that route because I do a lot of gaming with my kids. Uh, that's pretty much how you spend time with your kids these days with this generation. So I do so much gaming. I wanted to stick with the TV. Uh, but I do want to do a projector. Uh, it's like some sort of fold down, kind of like maybe like Youth Man, where the screen kind of lifts up and down. And mm -hmm. then I can kind of you know, put it in front of the TV when I want to do movies. And then uh, when I'm wanting to do my game and just prop it back up and do some gaming on the TV. So that's kind of why I went with the TV setup. And I'm fairly close to like, I think I'm about six and a half feet from my screen. So to, to have a huge projector isn't really needed, but definitely something that I want to do for sure. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned Youth Man. Youth Man is actually an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, he's been on our uh, on my show on the Hi-Fi Fanatic show with that I do with uh, my buddy Giles. Um, Super cool guy, really easy to talk to. You know, I don't know if you have you reached out to him yet about stuff. Oh, yeah, me and him have chatted quite a bit, especially in the beginning of the channel. He helped me out, gave me a lot of help. So, thanks, Youth Man, if you're listening. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a really great guy, definitely a cool guy. Um, I got lucky because I was a I had my buddy Giles who runs Home Theater Fanatics, and uh, he just broke his 10k, which is awesome, you know. and you know, I, he was the one that kind of pushed me into this, you know, he's like, cause I had a, I had a really good Instagram going and then he's like, well, why don't you just do YouTube? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be in front of a camera and, and you know, that's weird. You know, like I thought it was, I thought it was weird. So I was like, I don't know. I don't want to look at myself. I don't want to hear myself. And then it just started happening. And he's like, dude, you're, you're good at it. Just keep doing it. And I'm like, all right, so I stuck with it, and what pe what a lot of people don't realize is that consistency is key with, with when it comes to YouTube. So I just stuck with every Friday, I'd post a video religiously, like like just religion. That's that's every Friday was my video day, <clears throat> and then I went to two times a week, which was tougher, um, was a lot tougher. So um, I saw that the content kind of started suffering because I was really really tired all the time. So I wasn't putting my heart, my full heart into it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull back a little bit, do once a week again. And that way I can just put all my energy into that one video and, and pump it out. And that's how I stuck with it until, until this point. Like I thought I was never going to hit a thousand, man. I was at like three, 400. I was T I was like, I started to kind of taper off and it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a gradual line, but it wasn't really, it was kind of stay stagnant for a little while, then go up and, Dude, it's the most frustrating thing to look at your analytics and be like, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and it does go that way. Like in the beginning, I was like at this little plateau, right? Just kind of riding this thing. And then all of a sudden you have like a couple good videos and then you're up. So it's almost like a like a step every time you mm -hmm. go up and then it, it, you stay there and then you go up and then you stay there. And that's kind of how my analytics look even to this day. It's just it's like a plateau up, plateau up. It's kind of weird how it works, but it's got to, there's got to be some sort of psychology behind it uh, with with viewership and and content creation. There's got to be some sort of psychology there because it's right. it's very similar for YouTubers too. 
So are, are you going to start doing a lot more reviews now? Uh, well, I try. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're this small, it is difficult getting uh, big name stuff in. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a business actually in, in Ontario that he's been awesome. Like I used to buy a lot of gear from him. I bought all my SBS summer and first uh, summit hi-fi. So he sends me actually some stuff to review, uh, which is great. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm lucky I have that relationship, but yeah, it's definitely tough getting the the big name brands to send you stuff. So I do plan on doing some uh, more funk audio stuff. I need to, I need to talk with them and make some arrangements. So maybe possibly some speakers, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, they they kind of have a bit of a different philosophy when it comes to their product, right? Like, um, if you watch my video, like the no compromise thing, I repeated that over and over. And that's kind of what his philosophy is, right? He does everything, no compromise. So I'm really excited to hear some of the, his speakers. Um, and then Harbottle Audio, um, like I have, I got his subwoofer recently as well. And I'm hoping in the future can possibly get some of his gear in as well. He's working on some stuff, not allowed to say too much, but that's all yeah. I can say on that one. But Cody, and, Cody's a good guy. Cody's a good guy. Um, I've he spoke, is. Yeah. I've spoken to him very uh, various times, and um, I, you know, how do you feel about the the big one that you have the the twenty four? That's the, the it's taller, isn't it? Yeah, it's about five feet tall. It's it's a beast. Um, and again, you kind of need that size if you want that that output. Uh, like in my room, when I did my measurements, I was hitting 126 decibels at 11 hertz fairly easily. So, yeah. I mean, if you want that kind of, <laughs> yeah, if you want that output, you kind of need the size and the power behind it. And it has all of that. Um, people say it's too big for my room. You know, I've, <laughs> a lot of people have opinions on that. But you know what? I wanted extreme bass. That was my goal. I'm, I'm a bass head, admittedly. Mm -hmm. Always have uh, admitted that. So. I wanted extreme bass and I got it. I mean, these two 24 inches are crazy. And a lot of people need to understand too, like I have a four level split home that's open. Mm. So I don't have a sealed room. I don't have a dedicated room. I'm basically pressurizing a house mm. and mm. half of my walls are concrete. So where you see that kind of shelving or that, uh, that trim along halfway up my room, that's all, that's a concrete wall and then concrete floor. So it, it takes a little bit more for me to get that extreme bass than it would for somebody on you know, um, an upper floor room that's dedicated where your floor can shake with your subwoofers. Mine can't. So if I want that tactile feel, I got to have a big subwoofer and I got to have them, you know, cranking out that base and I got to have one close to me if I want my chair shaking. So that's wow. kind of, so how many yeah. subs are you running right now? Just the two twenty fours. Two twenty fours. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that for you is enough base as far as tactile and the feeling and the, it covers the full spectrum, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my house doesn't like it when I crank these things up. It really doesn't. I've, I've broke things before of my wife's and <laughs> she wasn't happy, but mm -hmm. I mean, she's done it before too. She's actually more of a base head than I am. Funny story. Just yesterday we're, we're cooking together. We're making uh, date night dinner, steak and uh, pasta. And she's got a little two channel system that I set up for her upstairs. And I have uh, just a little Travoche 12 subwoofer for her. And she has that thing just cranked. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of how it sounds, but I mean, she loves it. And we had a little fan that was propped up or put on top. And also we heard this loud crash. And of course oh, the no. fan had vibrated on the subwoofer. And I'm like, man, can we just turn this down a little bit? I mean, me being a bass head, I'm like, can we turn she's like, nope, I want my bass. I'm like, all right, do your thing. But <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah, it's funny. Well, one, th 
one thing I noticed about the Travoche, I've heard the Travoche, I think it was a 21 inch. And the only thing I didn't like about it was it, it felt like a, like pro audio, like a pro audio driver. You know, it didn't have, it didn't go deep and low. Like I like it. It was more mid bass. Yeah. Um, but some people like that, you know, some people like the mid bass action and stuff like that. Um, it, well, my plan down the road, once I get my dedicated home theater, um, I'm going to be doing, uh, a 24 inch, uh, subwoofer with enclosure, uh, from stereo integrity. Um, well, I'm going to use one of his drivers and I recently built <clears throat> one of his 15s and dude, the thing is, is, is just violent. You know, it, for a 15-inch subwoofer in a sealed enclosure, I'm pushing it with a uh, the 14,000P from Symbison, you know, the clone amp. Uh, yep. Pushing it with that, and it, it with mini DSP, I was able to get it down. It didn't start falling off until about 18 hertz. And it, it's just ridiculous, dude. Uh, what, what kind of power are you running for the for the hard bottle? That what kind of amp? Yeah. Yeah, they're all there. It's all built in. Uh, so oh, it's it funk okay. audio. Yeah, okay. it's uh, 4,400 watt RMS. Okay. And then 10,400 peak. Okay, cool. But yeah, That's it's not on a 240 power, volt. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's not on a 240 volt uh, circuit. So that's something I want to do in the future as well. I am thinking about making this room a dedicated room if I can convince the household to let me do so. Because like I said, it is the family room. So I don't want to be selfish and just, you know, take it over all. But they're going to let me. I might as yeah. well. It's scary once you start pushing it and you start seeing your lights flicker. That's when you know, like whenever I push mine, I, well, actually I've already blown my, uh, I didn't blow it, but I, the, the, what do you call it? The power supply, the power surge protector. It, uh, oh, it, really? it flicked off. Yeah. It, it, it shut everything down. So <laughs> I, 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 needless to say, I haven't taken it that far again. And the funny thing is, it was a song by Katy Perry that did it. <laughs> really? Which one would that be? I got to test that out later. Oh, it's, uh, what was it called? Um, I'll think the, of, like the Egyptian one? Nah, I'll tell you right now, actually. Because I, I, I texted someone about it last night. I'm like, yeah, Katy Perry, man. You got to you gotta try it out. <laughs> uh, Dark, Dark Horse. Dark Horse by Katy Perry. So... I just let it, I let it go. And of course I turned my amp up to the settings where it's like extreme level, you know, like the highest it can go. And right when it started hitting the bass, it's like, I just hear a pop. <laughs> it just, everything shuts off and I'm like, Oh my God, uh -oh. I, just, yeah. I just blew up something expensive. But, uh, but for the price though, that Symbison amp, I only paid about 700 for it shipped from China, dude. Mm -hmm. for, uh, it, it, it's rated at 14,000 peak. Um, I'm probably doing, I mean, the way I play it, I'm probably doing 1500, 2000 RMS. I don't usually take it further than that. Cause I mean, I don't want the cops getting called, you know, um, yeah. but the sub, the sub can take it, you know, the sub can take pretty much whatever you throw at it. So I, I, even when I peaked it out, it wasn't even, I don't feel like that subwoofer was, uh, even starting to get, get fired up, you know? So I, I'm sure it could have taken a lot more power. But my, I, I only have a what was it, one ten or whatever. I don't have the the two twenty volt uh, outlet. So that is also when people are are building their systems. They also got to think, you know, as you mentioned, the 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 voltage coming out of the the wall. You know, you, if you're running two of those, you know, monster subwoofers with monster amps, 
you got to have the power to out of the wall socket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can only get so much out of the socket, right? You can only get so many Watts. Uh, lucky for me, I actually have two different circuits uh, that I can use. So even though they are 15 amp, uh, 120 volt circuits, I still have two that I can use. So I have some of my equipment on one and then some on the other, which works out good. But I think I'd be tripping breakers if I had both of those subs running on one circuit. I'd definitely mm -hmm. be tripping them. So. so what do you do for your day job? I'm curious. Uh, well, I have kind of an unconventional job. I do a fly-in, fly-out uh, in the oil sands, so Alberta oil sands. Okay, cool. And, yeah, so I'm the security manager. I just run the security aspect of things and make sure everything's safe and secure. Just right desk on. job, really. Desk jockey, pushing pencils and... So are you able to do it from home? No, unfortunately, no. I got to fly up. So oh. yeah, I'm up there for two weeks at a time. So that's kind of another reason though I started YouTube is because I'm up there two weeks at a time. I'm away from my family. So I kind of miss half of my kids growing up, right? So yeah, it's great when I'm home. I'm home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. But uh, that gets eaten, eaten up a lot faster than people think, especially when you're away for two weeks, you can't get anything done, right? So you're you're in camp and basically you work 12 hours a day. So I chat and, you know, I do FaceTime with my kids and whatnot, but you can't get any work done on the house. You can't get any work done on your system. So when you right. get home, it's like, go, 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 go. And then back to work. That's so it gets eaten up real tough, quick. Man. I, I have a lot of respect for you because that is a very demanding schedule you have. Cause for two weeks, you can't even work on your videos. You're up, you're up doing work. You're up actually working. Yeah, so and then when you come home, you got to do home stuff. You got to do wife stuff. You got to do kids stuff. And then you're still putting out killer content. So, man, okay. I don't know how you, I don't think you sleep. <laughs> uh, well, I, I definitely have some pretty late nights, even up at work, because I do some editing up at work. So I'll shoot my video at home, uh, which is why, like, if you if you ever see some not so great shots or whatever in my videos, chances are I edited that up at work and there was no, no way for me to fix it, right? I couldn't go back and do a reshoot. So... That's kind of why uh, when I'm up at work, I'm like, man, I wish I was home. I could reshoot this, but it is what it is. I got to put it in the video. So, yeah, so I do some editing up at work and then I, I release it up at work. But, yeah, all the filming is done at home on my two weeks. And then, oh, God, I, hate, I, do it. I hate doing reshoots. And, and, it, and the thing is, it's like I'll look at it for a second. I'll be like, can I live with that? Can I live with it? And it, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask myself at least three or four times before I actually pull out. Because at the end of the day, after I, when I decide to do a reshoot, normally everything's broken down. You know, I put everything because I thought I nailed it, you know, and then I see yeah. either either I'm out of focus or something stupid happened or I said something I shouldn't have. And, oh, man, that's the worst. Reshoots are the worst. Yeah. Reshoots are the worst because, yeah. because even if you nailed it, though, like sometimes I'll nail it with what I'm saying. Sometimes I'm scripted. Sometimes I'm not when I'm and most people could tell. When I'm wearing my glasses, I'm always scripted. No, no, I'm, I'm not scripted right now. But when I'm usually wearing my glasses, it means I'm reading off of something because I'm super blind. But uh, when I'm not wearing my glasses, I'm just winging it. You know, I just I'm like the hell with it. But um, that's that's the secret sauce, guys. So now you know. But um, yeah, man, it it people don't realize how tough this really is. This whole process. It's it's like we're one a one man production team, right? Yeah. And we're trying to put on a, a weekly show. <laughs> That's and you want to have good quality, right? Yeah, like, and we have to have something to talk about. I'm glad yeah. you got linked up with uh, with uh, Amir at Summit Hi-Fi. I've actually been talking to him uh, lately as well. I think he's an amazing dude. Really cool guy. Um, yeah. yeah, we actually talked about you. I told him how uh, how awesome how awesome you are and how proud I am just to watch your content and stuff like that and see you progress. Thanks. So um, 
definitely, definitely going to be probably uh, working with him as well. How do you like the tone winner? I love the tone winner. Um, when I actually bought the first 7300, the seven channel, mm-hmm. I had the monolith seven in my house as well. So I kind of compared them back and forth, uh, switching back and forth with speakers and I couldn't hear a difference. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to keep the more expensive amp when this sure. one sounds just as good, right? It doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I think I may have possibly had a bad unit for the for the mono because I had some transformer hum that I could hear from my MLP. So I can't I can't say that definitively. It could have been, you know, not the best unit. It could have had issues. So not to say that the tone winner is always going to beat out monolith, but in this case, for the price difference, it just made sense for me to keep the tone winner and. You know, they're so dynamic, they're clear. Uh, there's just no real reason to spend more unless you're going to take a huge step up, you know, into maybe like Macintosh territory or something like that. Oof. Then you're spending way too much money. <laughs> then the wife's yeah, well, like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> but it's Christmas, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Um, so what, are you happy with the SVS, uh, towers? Cause you got the, the higher end ones, right? They have the, I have, I've heard the, the, the prime towers, just the, the regular base model ones. Um, they sent them out for, for us to review and I've heard their SB 2000 pro subwoofer. So they're like kind of entry level subwoofer and yep. so far so good, you know, uh, cool stuff. I, I, I didn't expect SVS to get into that game. Uh, I thought they were just going to stick with subwoofers, but they're, they're, I think they're doing really good with, with, uh, with speakers. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I'm a fan of the ultra. Um, I'm not going to lie. I released my review on it. And like I said, I, I would choose that over the Klipsch RP 8000 F. And again, we have to recognize that there's a price difference there as well, but um, they're just so they're very rich. Like they, the, the dual six and a half inch mid range that they have, it, it has a very rich mid range to it. Uh, the highs are still clear. I know in my video I'd made a comment about how the SVS or sorry the clips were a little bit more clear in dialogue, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't to say that the SVS weren't clear. It's just the clips were just a little bit clearer. Uh, people kind of took that the wrong way, and they're like, "No, the SVS is clear." Yeah, they are. I'm just saying the clips was a little bit more. And then base wise, like for two channel stereo listening on on the uh, SVS Ultras was just leagues above the the clips it just really was i heard um, they're very, i heard they're very bassy speakers yeah well yeah with the dual eight inch side firing mm-hmm. and again i'm a bass head so you're going to give me bass uh with a clear top end and a rich mid-range i'm sold i'm in um it almost makes me want to do two channel listening without my subwoofers just because they're so capable in that in that regard it's, sure. it's kind of fun to have a speaker that can rattle things up in the kitchen, right? So it, it was a lot of fun. And, and versus the Pinnacle, like I have the Pinnacle and actually I've been doing uh, a listening test for those that follow my Instagram. I posted a picture the other day of all, all four of them in a row. I was doing some listening tests between the two. And the Pinnacle, the Prime Pinnacles are a great speaker, but I would say the Ultras are worth the extra money. I would, okay. if, you, if, if you're on the, on the fence between those two, go with the Ultra. Right on. Yeah, I've actually recently become a an Aperion Audio fan. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say recently. I've been I've been reviewing their stuff. Actually, they were one of the first companies that gave me a chance uh, when my when my YouTube was like almost nothing. You know, um, I, I was able to get introduced to them, and they're like they took a chance with me. You know, they're like, okay, let's let's send him some stuff and see what he does. You know, so I I put out some content of their Alaire uh, Bluetooth speakers and their um, their subwoofer, their 10 inch subwoofer. And 
um, or 12 inch subwoofer. Uh, and I was just su super amazed. It was great quality stuff. And they were kind of the ones that, like I said, gave me my first chance. So it, that gave me the push. So that, I guess that made me a little more confident to ask more people, Hey, you want to work together, blah, blah, blah. And, and start, you know, building relationships. Um, and building these relationships with these companies has been pivotal, you know, for, for, for everything to work out because otherwise I'd have to buy everything, which I have bought in a lot of stuff to review. Like a lot of these companies I'm reviewing, I I'm purchasing these items myself and just eating it, you know, just <laughs> so, um, like the Dally, Dally Oberon threes. I couldn't get a hold of anybody at Dolly. Dolly just is just a silent company. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I went over and I, I contacted my buddies over at uh, simply stereo in Chicago and they sent me over a pair. They're like, Hey, check them out. You know, let me, let me know. And I, I fell in love with them. The Oberon threes, amazing bookshelf speakers. Um, yeah. So a lot of people think we're just getting free stuff. It's not how it works. Like, it's not how it works. I, I've gotten a, a little bit, you know, here and there. I'll get, you know, uh, some some cool deals from from companies. But um, I recently watched a video from uh, Zero Fidelity, and I, I've been trying to get a hold of him to to maybe do like I want to do a, like a little panel of, of 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 all of us, you know, all the YouTubers, uh, but just in different from different you know kind of perspectives. And I've always respected Zero Fidelity's. Um, opinion he seems very very knowledgeable and very well versed when it comes to a lot of things but he recently reviewed or uh, released a video kind of giving away the secret uh, of of how a lot of us do get you know deals with companies and stuff like that and for a second i was like you're not supposed to be telling that <laughs> to everybody <laughs> so now everybody's gonna youtube yeah yeah everybody's gonna start a youtube just to be able to to review stuff but um, I think I thought it was pretty bold of him. Uh, I haven't, I don't know. I, I guess I've remained pretty neutral when it comes to like kind of how I speak, what I say, you know, I, I keep it pretty PC and I don't want to ruffle any feathers this early on. I guess he's at the point where he, I think he has enough of a following where he can, he can do a little bit of ruffling or he can do a little bit of uh, controversial stuff uh, to an extent and it won't really affect him. And people will actually listen. Like I listened. You know what I'm saying? And because I respect them. But uh, is there any YouTuber out there that you have a lot of respect for that uh, aside from youth, man, obviously, but anybody that kind of uh, inspires you to do certain things or or that you had a good relationship with? Uh, well, a lot that inspired me. I mean, I watched so much YouTube when I was doing my upgrades. I mean, Joe and tell uh, techno dad, youth man. Uh, and actually, I've, I've formed a good relationship with Tony with Build Montage. He's such a great guy. He's been really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the same camera as me. So, you know, he helps me out with that. He's got a really good grasp on the camera. So, you know, he helps me with that. And and thumbnails. I mean, the guy's a thumbnail genius. And uh, mm -hmm. he's he's helped me out in, in a lot of areas with that. So him especially, I got a lot of respect for him because he's just such a helpful guy. And Youth Man in the beginning, too, he was very helpful. Uh, but, you know, he's... They got so much going on right now. I don't even. I, I, I do message him every once in a while to see how he's doing, but I understand that he's so busy right now. I don't want to bug him. You know, feel like I'm pestering him if I'm like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" <laughs> so, yeah, like there's so many. Um, Zero Fidelity is another one I watched. Uh, he's got the guy just talks like I don't think he scripts anything. He just just off the top, Dude, and he's so. I don't. I don't think so either. I think he just knows yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he's been yeah, in the so, he's been in the business a long time, from what I understand. So he he yeah. he knows this stuff inside and out. Uh, and that's one thing I I struggle with is um, describing things. Like I know what I want to like I know what I'm hearing and I know what I want to say, but I feel like when I say it, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you said it sounded pleasant." Ha 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 ha. Like like I didn't use some audiophilia word that yeah. I'm supposed to use to describe something. And I'm like, so ever since then I put up on my website on audioarchitects.com, I put up a glossary of audiophile terms. <laughs> so that way I actually personally go to my own website to reference yeah. it because I don't know these things, man. So they, they say this sounds, I know the basics like warm and, you know, imaging and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. The sound stage, you know, basic stuff like that is fine because it describes something in general. But when people start using like really weird i feel like they're describing wine rather than speakers you know yeah sounds so and bumpy, I, you know like <laughs> yeah i mean you, i guess you kind of have to um get into the minds of your viewers right and and use these descriptive words so they kind of know specifically what you're talking about and yeah it's very difficult like especially because i do write a lot of my stuff too because mm. i'm not one of those guys that can just speak fluently and me neither go on for half an hour and make sense i would be all over the place i'd be here here and back and then do it 360 back to where i started <laughs> so i write most of my stuff too and it's so hard to come up with words where it's like okay this is what i'm experiencing this is what i'm hearing and i want to get that across to the viewer but what words do i use so that they understand and they, yeah i'm same page man it's difficult dude i have a question for you what happened mm -hmm. what would you do if you get if someone sends you something to review and you don't like it, would you still, A, would you still review it? B, would you hit them up and be like, look, you know, I wasn't really feeling it. I'd rather not do a bad review. Or C, would you just like lambast it? What, what would you do? Uh, well, that's a tough one. I, I think it would probably vary depending on the product. Like if I feel the company's somewhat shady in what they're doing, like they're trying to deceive, then I might just do the review and say, listen, guys, this is what it is, but this is this is the truth. This is what they're saying. And this is the truth that I think that's what I would do if, if the company seemed a bit shady, but if they're like a decent company and you know, they they're making a good product, it's just not for me. Like, I just don't like it. I'd message them and say, Hey guys, I don't know if you want my review on this because it's not going to be the best because this just isn't for me. Like it's, it's good for this type of peer person, but I'm not going to sit here and say, I love it. And I'm going to try and, you know, convince people that this is a great product when I don't feel it is for me. So absolutely. That's how approach that. What about you? That's how I handle it as well. Um, yeah. I, I haven't come across a shady company. I kind of want to, cause I think that would be very therapeutic, <laughs> but <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I, I actually haven't had the, I've been so lucky. I haven't reviewed anything I didn't like. So yeah. everything I've gotten has been either acceptable or, or better. Um, right. Which is great, you know, which has been super lucky because especially in audio, you're you're going to come across something. Not that it's a bad speaker or a bad amplifier or a bad thing. It just it isn't for you. You know, everybody has a different listening set. Like, for example, um, certain Klipsch products. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan. And, and not only that, uh, uh, you know, probably the, what do you got, DIY sound groups, stuff like that, that do the, the horn-loaded speakers. I'm not a huge horn guy, you know. Um, I'm not really in I, I prefer different, different methods of, of, of doing my high end. So it's not that I don't like the speaker. I think it sounds great, 
for what it is. However, I would prefer different types of, of sound, but overall, I mean, Klipsch has some amazing products and so does, you know, JTR and all these other guys, <clears throat> but I don't know. Horn loaded for me has always been very, a little piercing. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense to you, like, I know that's not an audiophile word, but it's, uh, it's a little bit piercing and, and it's just, I don't know. It's not as mellow as a, as a nice soft dome or, or, uh, you know, AMT or something like that, you know, a little more fatiguing in the high end. Like, just yeah, yeah. Like it, it's not, I don't know, but I, at the same time, would I own a pair of like RP 600 M's for sure? I think they sound great, but you know, if given the, given the opportunity, you know, but, and, and that's just personal preference. And that's what people got to understand yeah. as reviewers, we've developed a very evaluative listening, um, method. You know, and it's evaluative listening is a lot different than any other kind of listening because we are actually listening for for any kind of anomalies. We're listening for quality. We're listening for bass. We're listening for treble. We're listening for mids. We're, we're we gotta we gotta dissect this thing to the point where we can give an educated review, rather than just the the casual listener could actually just sit down and relax and enjoy music. Yeah, like, yeah sounds good. I actually That's did it. a I did a post uh, a while back where I I kind of just said hey guys I, for the last few hours I I put in some my in ear my in ear monitors and I actually just listened to music for for three hours and enjoyed it and I wasn't worried about <laughs> the sound quality or anything because obviously they're good yeah. they were good in ear monitors but um, I just listened to music to listen to music and do you yeah, feel do you feel that now that you're doing this that you find yourself evalu evaluatively listening rather than listening for pleasure? Often. Yeah. Often very much. So especially like when you're doing speakers, right? Cause you're listening. It's like, okay, this one uh, has bit bitter mids. You can't just sit and be like, you know what? This is a good song. But recently I did do the orchard audio DAC, fantastic DAC, uh, great sounding DAC. And it, it really did get me back into music. Like I find myself listening to more music now because of that DAC, not necessarily with the DAC. It just kind of taught me again to appreciate music because I just sat down and I just listened to music for hours. And I'm like, hey, let's, I need to evaluate this DAC. But at the same time, I was just enjoying the music. So I was like, you know what? I miss just sitting here and listening to music. So now, even though I'm, you know, testing speakers between the pinnacles and the ultras, for example, I do find myself just enjoying the music as well. So it's kind of a mix of both now. Mm -hmm. And even or not, it was kind of that DAC or that that listening session anyway that kind of got me back into that. It's like, hey, you know, give your head a shake. You you have this system to enjoy music, to enjoy movies, movies and uh, gaming as well. So don't forget to enjoy. And it's easy to do, right? It's easy to just start evaluating everything and everything becomes almost like work because, you know, YouTube is is work a little bit. I mean, we do enjoy it, but Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's very easy to forget to just enjoy your systems. And that's something that I've been trying to remind myself to do. And uh, I think there's actually a lot of people in the audio world that need to be reminded of that too, because they get very uh, negative in a way, right? Like they, you post something and it's, it's always about the technicals and it's always about the, Oh, you know, I, this I, is, that isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot post in any kind of audio file uh, Facebook group because it, it, it just starts a fight, you know, it, it starts a fight. So you, you can post the sky is blue and there, there will be like a hundred dudes in there going, 
no, it's not. It's this because yeah. of this and because of that, because you're wrong and you're stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah, like technically uh, if you use a, a spectrometer, it's it's light blue. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> um always a technicality in there, yeah. It's and I'm gonna get a lot of flack because I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance and I'm gonna do a, a speaker cable video. And oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be pretty linear across the board aside from the point where it re because speaker cables reach a certain point where they where they are are done you know with their actual mechanical use and they just become jewelry you know there's there's a point now having i think this this is a little sneak peek at what i'm going to talk about but uh i think having a high quality cable can be good and and can make a difference you know because cables do a thing that matters but um I know that's a very technical way to describe it, but um, uh, aside from that, once you get into the, you know, once, once you see, start seeing cables at like 10, 15, $20,000 ranges, there's nothing. I mean, unless you're using plutonium in there, there's nothing in these cables that will affect you audibly that much. You know, I think a lot of people want the prestige and the, the the you know the the sense of prestige when they own this you know, uh, I think that plays a heavy part into it. But how do you feel? What's your cable your cable outlook? I'm, oh, bring it up to big guns. If you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to talk about it because I know this is a a touchy subject. But um, yeah. like I said, I'll be putting I'll be putting out a video about it, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to explain the science behind it because I have a lot of friends that are audio engineers and stuff like that. And they, they've given me all the, the cliff notes and everything on the science behind it all. And, and to an extent they said it does matter. However, it gets to a point where you're just, you're just spending, you're just spending money like recklessly. So. Yeah, I have no problem. I mean, I, I stand by what I say, so I'm not, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a huge cable proponent. Yes. I do think there's a difference between a super cheap cable and, and a higher grade cable. But again, it becomes a point of um, if you're spending 20K, how much better is that than say a $500 cable or a $200 cable? Is there going to be an audible difference? I mean, I've never experienced a $20,000 cable versus a $200 cable, but my opinion would be that you're not going to really hear that difference. Maybe you can measure a slight difference depending on what measuring tool or uh, metric you're using. Mm -hmm. but how much are you benefiting for that extra, you know, $19,800? Are you benefiting enough? And if you just want it for the jewelry, by all means, I'm, I'm never one to say you can't spend your money on what you want to spend it on. If you like the jewelry aspect, you just want it to look nice and you feel like you're getting a benefit by spending the 20K, by all means, buy five of them. I don't care. I'm never going to judge you for it. But at the same time, if it's my money, I don't see that there's, that much benefit to where I would want to spend another $19,000. If I'm ever a billionaire, sure, probably I'll buy the nicest cables out there, but right. <laughs> I'm not I, a billionaire. So. I just feel that people aren't being educated enough because uh, realistically, if they're going to be spending that much on cables, if they just invested that in the room treatments, then they'd actually get an audible difference. You know right. what I'm saying? Then because room treatments, I think is the number one thing people ignore the most and do last they're like oh you know the hell with it i'll just do it last or though yeah you know and 
it does actually make a difference. Even when you, even when you, uh, you clap in your room or you do something, you can, you could tell the echo is starting, you know, the echo is, uh, has a lot of, you know, um, damping to it. Like it, it's just really nice to listen to music in a nicely treated room, you know? But then when you, when you, when it's untreated, it's echoey. It just doesn't sound that good. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you have wood floors and stuff like that. Oh man. So carpet yeah. and room treatments can actually do a lot more than high end cables in my opinion. But well, yeah, I'm on the same page there. I get a lot of flack for not having uh, room treatments in my room and I, I not denying that I could use them, but because my room is so unconventional, I got stuff everywhere. Like I even have kids toys in here and stuff. Cause it's still partially a family room. I got an angled wall and I got carpet and, it, it actually isn't as bad as people would think. I don't have much reverb, but I'm not going to deny that I could benefit from room treatment. I do agree with that, and I need to do it. It's just one of those things I personally don't put a lot of thought into, and I should. I'm not saying I shouldn't, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more like, give me some big subwoofers, and then we'll worry about room treatment once I'm happy with that or happy with my speakers kind of thing. And I, well, yeah. Definitely speakers are, more, are, are number one, you know, but... Uh, you know what you should do is get those room treatments that have the like the movie poster printed on them, so that way you can kind of add it to the to the aesthetic of your of your room. Because I I mean just from looking at your room in your videos, it's a cool looking room. You know, I, I you have a cool style. You know, it's like your bachelor pad down there. So <laughs> yeah. so yeah, maybe some uh, some movie posters, but that are also room treated room treatments. You know, and stuff. Yeah, that's that a good be, idea. That'd be super cool. All right, Barrett, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, I know we've gone a little bit over our time, but I've had such a great time talking to you. Uh, it's it's nice to talk to someone that kind of knows what you're going through, you know? So I, I think that's definitely beneficial for, for both of us. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate being here. I appreciate you having me on. It was a great talk. I mean, it's it's not very often you get to just chat shop with somebody and chat about audio. So it was great to be here. I had a lot of fun, actually. And cool. Yeah. I'd love to do it again. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I will definitely be having you back and we'll definitely be having you on the live stream. So everybody, if you haven't yet, go to Spec of Tech. You can see it on his, where is he? He's over here. On his uh, thing right there, it says Barrett, Spec of Tech. Go over there, uh, subscribe to his channel, check out all his content. He has awesome content. Uh, And yeah, and if you haven't subscribed to me, I'm Audio Architects. And we will see you guys when we see you.